Welcome back to the Trench Talk Podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Navy football captain Billy Honaker. It was a privilege to have Billy on the show because in reality, he epitomizes what we want our show to represent. He's a dude who's being a leader in the classroom, on the field, and best of all, he lived his whole life wanting to serve. Can't wait to see all the things that he accomplishes. Check out Billy and the rest of the midshipmen on Saturday, October 3rd at 6 as they face off against their rivals at the Air Force Academy. And so, here is Billy Honaker. Remember this, if you want to go quickly, do it alone. But if you want to go far, you do it together. We're like roaches, and you can't kill us. Appreciate you coming on. It's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I appreciate it. Here. How you doing? How's your day? Uh, it's been pretty long. Pretty long day here. What time? What time did you start out today? I don't remember. I don't even know. Uh, we have like a high. We have a glorified uh, high school schedule here, so like we have periods and stuff. Uh, um. Oh. I think I had first period. Yeah, I had so the first period starts at seven fifty-five. So, I have, it was uh, it was cool going back and forth with Scott. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, no, Scott's stuff. awesome. He uh, he was like, yeah, we don't usually do stuff uh, after hours because for our studies, I'm like, man, when we went to college, we could pretty much do whatever we wanted <laughs> after hours. So I commend you for that. So yeah, I know the uh, Naval Academy is a different place. I'll I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> what it, what is it like? So like. Especially now during the fall, what does your full day kind of consist of? So obviously with like COVID, it's um it's a little bit different, but um, I mean still there we have like formations in the morning where your company you know you go out and they get accountability for everybody in the company, make sure everyone's there didn't you know somehow disappear. Um, that's at zero seven, um, and then from there a lot of people go get breakfast or whatever maybe before they get breakfast, and then class starts at seven fifty five, and then. Um, all the way up through till 11.45 is when fourth period ends, um, go to lunch. Usually we would go to uh, our football facilities for lunch meetings then. But uh, obviously since, you know, they don't, we can't have large gatherings, we do it on Zoom or Google Meets. Um, and then we go to class right after that. It starts at 1.30 till 3.20 is when sixth period ends. Um, and then it's straight from, you know, football to, or obviously the football staff here, they do a really good job of getting, you know, as much out of the time we have as possible, as much out of it as possible. So we get a lot done with the short practices we have and then, um, back up to our rooms. And like Scott said, um, obviously study period and all that. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's really great having you on and it, it's weird for us because 
we've only ever had uh, one other player besides you. So it's interesting kind of dealing with people that are still playing because two of us are formers and Sam's actually, he's heading into his junior year. Um, But I don't know how much you necessarily know about us or like what we try and do through this show. Um, But obviously we center it mostly around offensive and defensive line. And uh, when we saw the opportunity to bring you on, we were kind of, well, we were jacked up about it because it's like, now we're hitting a lot of different things that we're trying to do. And you pretty much sum up everything we want to like shine a light on here. So we really yeah, appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. I really, um, I mean, like, the only thing I really know is I saw the video. I think Sam was the one that uh, did it. So I saw that I was actually on the bus going to the BYU game. Uh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that, that's pretty cool. You know, I've never heard anybody other than my mom say I'm their favorite offensive lineman in college football. So that was definitely, you know, a flattering thing to say. But. Yeah. And As just, triple option guys, I was looking for somebody week one. I'm like, wow, this guy, like, on and off the field, he's what we're about. I got to do him. Well, I appreciate it, really. Um, and then, obviously, you know, I was kind of riding this high, and then BYU kind of kicked it, um, kicked that down a notch. But uh, Yeah, I mean, a huge that's part of football sometimes. Week, though, getting back after it, though. I mean, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was, um, it was scary, you know, for the first half, obviously. But then um, – you know, just that that's who we are as a football team. You know, like we don't we don't give up. Um it's kind of the culture not only of the program but like the the career field we're going into. Um that when things get rough, you know, you can't really just give up. Uh so obviously we just kept fighting and things worked out for us, thankfully. Mm. And as the captain, do you feel like guys look to you as that guy when maybe you're struggling that they look to you to get us get them back on the right path? Um that's what, uh, you know, I'm not really that, that vocal guy um, as much as some of the other guys are. I try to do as much as I can just through my actions. Um, and, I mean, like, that's the thing. If I, I can't sit there and tell somebody to keep fighting if I myself am not out there fighting, you know. So I just try to, you know, just keep doing my thing. Um, and hopefully that they would just take that energy and run with it, you know, and I think that's what we did. I mean, I'm not saying I was the reason for it. I, obviously, Dalen, our quarterback, came in off the bench and played an unbelievable game. Um, I think, you know, like I appreciate what you said about me in that first video, but I think Peter Neshowitz, our right guard, the one that plays right beside me, is potentially the best player on the team. He's definitely the best offensive lineman on the team. I mean, he's way better than me. But, um, you know, like those those kinds of guys defensively, Diego Fago, um, and all those guys, they just, they just did a thing and you know we, we all kind of like fed off of each other's energy so I wouldn't necessarily say it was anything I did as a captain um, but I'd like to think that you know I hope that they look to me and I'll just continue to try and use my actions as, as motivation rather than words. Yeah that's awesome to hear and you know kind of going off that like you being a captain at Navy and the type of team you are we always talk about like the jersey when we played, like what it meant for us to play for Springfield. But what does it mean to you when you put that Navy football jersey on and you take the field on a Saturday? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, the Navy, uh, we're representing a lot more than just a school and, you know, the team. I mean, we're representing men and women all across the globe who are out defending our freedoms. Um, and that's just with Navy on the chest. And then on our pants, we wear the, uh, the Marine Corps Eagle Globe and Anchor. So then we're representing even more men and women. Um, and then obviously, uh, when I graduate, I'm hoping to commission as a Marine Corps officer. And so, like, I mean, those, those are the kind of motivating things. And 
you know, just for somebody who loves this country, um, it it's exciting. And obviously when we come out of the tunnel, we carry the Marine Corps, Navy, and then the American flag out. So, you know, I mean, it, it's exciting. And it's um, something that I think a lot of the guys on the whole team is passionate about, um, you know, putting on that jersey and representing, you know, the, the Navy and the Marine Corps um, and the United States. Um, a lot of, you know, schools will always talk about it's not about the name on the back. It's, you know, but it, that's truly the case here. So. That's awesome. And uh, continuing to kind of talk about you as a captain, what do, what does it kind of mean to, you know, be a captain and represent uh, the offensive line? You know, because we always see kind of skilled players. You might see the quarterback, you know, as a captain. But, you know, you repping the, the O-line, that's got to mean something special, especially, you know, for the rest of your teammates on the O-line. Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously at, at this school, it, it's a leadership institution. They're trying to create leaders to go out to the fleet and, uh, you know, lead sailors and Marines. Um, so obviously, you know, I don't even have words for it, you know, um, but I think more so, like you said, as an offensive lineman, you know, we're the, we're the guys that don't really get much recognition or anything like that. So to be, to have my teammates, you know, say that something that I did in, in their eyes or that I do is special enough for them to take that spot that usually, like you said, is given to a, a running back or a quarterback or something. I think, you know, that means a lot to me. And I would say it means a lot to the other four guys on the offensive line and everyone else who's behind us um, that, you know, that's the kind of guys that we have on this offensive line. So um, it's triple option football. It's gritty football. And, the Naval Academy plays gritty football. We have to, we're undersized. So I think, I think it's kind of, you know, something that's motivating for those younger offensive linemen that, cause I mean, I was a junior last year and um, Ford Higgins was our team captain. He was a, a, our center. And so like, obviously he's somebody who I really look, looked up to, still look up to um, very good friend of mine. And um, so that was kind of my motivation for, you know, trying to be, as best leaders I could. And then not only being just the team captain, he was the captain of captains here at the academy. So he was like the highest ranking captain. Um, so that those are the kinds of guys that this school recruit, that this football team, this football staff recruits. And, uh, and I, I mean, oh, sorry, Tony. Yeah, I, I just wanted to kind of uh, play off what you were saying a little bit. It's like the triple option, it's almost, Personally, I'm a little biased. Obviously, we all are because we all did it. But I think every team that runs the triple should have kind of the leadership spoken, um, whether it's through actions or verbally from the offensive line. Because like you said, it's kind of – it's gritty. You're throwing your body around. You're throwing cuts and against guys that are bigger than you, and you're chasing downfield, and you're getting that. Um, and I think we're all obviously biased towards it. Um, but I think having done that, all of us, it's, it kind of, it makes you look at football a little bit differently. You know what I mean? You really come to appreciate it and it kind of turns into uh, a way of life. And like you said, how the Naval Academy breeds leaders. I don't think it's any coincidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. I appreciate that. But I mean, it's not just the players, you know, obviously, I mean, like you said, I'm biased, but I think, you know, that our coaching staff is, the best when it comes to the triple option and the schemes of it. I mean, those guys, it's crazy just to hear them talk about 
you know, why we're going to do this on this play. And it's just like, I, I'll just do what you tell me to do. And, you know, you call it and I'll run it um, because they're absolute geniuses. Coach Neamont is, I mean, you might not have the accolades that Nick Saban has, but I, I wouldn't want to play for anybody other than Coach Neamont alone. Yeah, and you, you talked about – oh, sorry. No, you're good, Ken. I'm, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a delay here. Um, you talked about that greediness, obviously, that you guys have as a program. And I think a lot of teams try and figure out their culture. Um, I think with you guys, though, would you say that the, the culture that you guys have, is, it's more of an expectation? Um, I mean, like, our culture is something that, I mean, it's it's been the same culture since I showed up to the prep school. Like, I mean, they try to instill that culture at the prep school. And then once once I arrived for my plea year here, it was the culture that's it's the same culture. Um, so it's really been something that was before my time. I mean, you know, they say tradition never graduates. That's one of the biggest things here. Um, and that culture is, you know, kind of a tradition here. It's like, I mean, we're going to be undersized. We're going to be slower. We're going to be weaker. You know, we have to play that way. So I don't think it's, um, it's an expectation. It's, it's an, it's a have to, you have to play this way or you're not going to win. And, you know, coach Neamont, like I said, I mean, in my opinion, he's, he's the best coach in the country. He, um, he knows what it takes to win. Uh, given the, the caliber of player he, he recruits and then the caliber of teams we play, he, he knows what it takes to win. And I mean, that's why we're so willing to follow him. Like whatever he says, like we're going to do it. And um, I mean, that's why I, that's why we have to play the way we do. And he, he reminds us every year, you know, and then like, we're, we're just the kind of team. I mean, you can't get comfortable, you know, we, we just want a football game, but we can't pat ourselves on the back because air force is next and air force is going to come out swinging. It's, rivalry game so you know we just have to every week it's like we just lost I mean you know you just have to keep preparing and getting better every week so yeah I mean it, it kind of ties in perfectly that was our next thing we were going to touch on um obviously you had that that huge win last week um where you came back and you guys you guys pulled through in the end um and then obviously this next game you have coming up is, a, is another military academy uh with it being air force um kind of what has been the mindset on your team right now um, or kind of as a program as a whole or you individually, um, what is your mindset going into this game with it being the rivalry that it is and kind of coming off that um, huge win? I mean, obviously the only thing anybody cares about is winning when it comes to these games, you know, I mean, they're going to be slugfest. Like, you know, this whole time we've been talking about our culture as a football team. Right. But I mean, the reality is, is that, Air Force has a similar culture. West Point Army, they have a similar culture. Like that's what's so special about those games is that when we get out there, it's it's our culture versus theirs. Like it's it's a fight all the way till the end. Um, and you'll see, you know, teams that like there there will be huge like spaces with records. You know, like I remember when I was being recruited, like Army was down, but Navy was a great football team. But then come Army Navy, that game was like a field goal game or something like that. It's just because it, it means so much to both of us. Like this is the cool thing about playing for Navy or Air Force or Army is that we get two Super Bowls a year. 
Whereas, you know, other teams, they got to make it to the national championship or whatever, you know, matters to them most. But, like, we know when it comes to Air Force, that's our first Super Bowl of the year. And, like, it doesn't matter what, what kind of year you've had up to that point. Um, we're going into it as if, I mean, it, it's, it's a must win always for us. So, you know, the guys on the team recognize that and they, they want to win more than anything in the world. And that, that's what's so special about these games is because it's the same deal for Air Force. It's a must win for them and they want to win more than anything. So it'll be, it'll be an awesome game. It'll be a fight till the end from both sides, regardless, you know, of how the game's going. So. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things I always see in those games is you guys are going at it the whole game, giving it your all, but then after the game, it's such respect between the two sides. And that's one of my favorite things to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously um, when it comes to when we graduate at the end of all of this, we go from being rivals to, you know, being teammates and having to work together um, when it comes to protecting this country. So uh, they're going through similar things we're going through. So you kind of have a respect for what they're doing. Um, and then, you know, you root for them until they play us, you know, so. Um, but, you know, I always like to see, I mean, I have a lot of friends that, a few friends that went to the Air Force Academy. So, you know, I always like to root for them until they play us. Army-Navy game, like, what does that mean to you, especially those first two years? Those were two tough losses to come in last year and really get a huge win against them. That must have been an unreal feeling for you. Yeah, so um, Army-Navy is, is unlike anything. Um, you know, not to take anything away from the Navy-Air Force rivalry, but um, I – it's so hard to explain, like, until – because, I mean, you know, I, I watched the game. I didn't get to dress my freshman year. So, I was, like, in the stands at the Army-Navy game. And it was such a cool experience. At Naps, you know, I got to go to the Army-Navy game. Um, but then, youngster, my sophomore year, um, I got to be on the sideline. I played, like, some special teams. Um, and it was cool, you know. And then we lost, and that, that sucked. But then, junior year, I made my first start in the game. And, um, yeah, it, it – when I say it's the Super Bowl, like I, I can't imagine that winning the Super Bowl is better than beating Army, um, in my opinion. Um, that 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 game, in my opinion, obviously I'm biased. Uh, it's the best rivalry in all sports. Because, um, like you know, I said, you know that I, I root for Air Force when we don't play them. I don't root for Army. When I, I can't, you know, that rivalry is too big. Um, I can't root for them, but. Winning that game, just the way that that it all happened, you know, like you said, when I when I committed here, uh, Navy was on a 14-year streak of beating Army, and then when I was at the prep school, we lost the first one, and then went on to lose two more. So they had a three-year streak going into this past year, and obviously we were having such a great season up to that point. We were nine and two, I think, uh, going into the Army-Navy game, but the Army-Navy game means so much, and and West Point would say the same thing. It's like they could be having a nine and two season going into that game. And if they lose that game, this, the season was a failure. Like it means nothing. Um, so obviously we still had a lot of pressure. Army, Army was a good team last year, had a lot of good players. I think they have like two guys that are on uh, NFL practice squads right now. Um, but then obviously that we had Malcolm and um, a 
lot of pieces on that team last year. So we went in confident. They came in confident. And then um, we both get on the field and go three and out. I think both of us did on the first two drives. And then Army puts together just a, a perfect, a, a masterpiece triple option drive. It was like 11 minutes long or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Just marched down the field. And then it's like, okay, well, now it's time to get the work. And then obviously we were able to take control of the game and dominate it. And um, it was extremely satisfying to, you know, my first start to be like that. But um, obviously right now it doesn't mean anything, you know, I'll, you know, focus on this season for now. And then afterwards I can, after I'm done with football, kind of reminisce back on, on that day. Um, you know, we, cause we did a lot of great things and Malcolm just to be a part of Malcolm's record breaking, you know, performance, it, it was unbelievable. So. I mean, more than a part, you're almost the reason why you're blocking <laughs> for him. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Malcolm, Malcolm made our job a lot easier. I mean, on TV, you know, like, I mean, y'all, y'all have a better understanding than a lot of people do about the triple option. You know, at times we just won't block anybody and Malcolm would be 50 yards out the field. And the commentators would, would might think, you know, that, um, that the offensive line did something, but the reality was it was just Malcolm being Malcolm. And obviously we were so blessed and fortunate to have him on the team, but I mean, and then also to kind of go off that game, like what's the atmosphere like on campus, like the week leading up to that Army-Navy game? Yeah, so um, so our freshmen are called plebes. Um, and so all year they do the, they, when they go through the halls, they do what's called squaring corners. So like instead of rounding off a corner, they would, they square it. And when they do that, they, they have to say, sir, go Navy or sir, beat Army, sir, you know. So like that, that's that's the culture that's being formed here. It's all year. It's about beating Army, um, and so the weeks lead like the week leading up is Army Navy week, and the the plebes play uh, pranks on the upper class, and the upper class retaliate and play pranks on them, um, all kinds of things, um, and then usually if it wasn't because uh, because of COVID, we have like West Point exchange students that are here for the semester. And so, you know, they'll take their, their uniforms out of their closets and put in, like, costumes or something to make them wear costumes to class. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's just all kinds of uh, ridiculous things that go on. But, um, I mean, like, that, that's the game that everyone looks forward to all year. Um, it's a great time. And then hopefully, you know, your service academy pulls it out. That's a, that's a crazy tradition, I think, like, to think that uh, the, the exchange, it, it's such a cool thing because – you guys are obviously it's different schools and everything like that, but it goes back to what you said before about at the end of the day, you guys are all repping the same thing by obviously fighting for, for our country, which is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like I've said, I mean, army would say the same thing. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to be brothers after this. I mean, really we're brothers all year, except for, you know, like they say 364 and a half days a year or something <laughs> like that. Uh, we're brothers, but then for that half a day, um, but I mean, yeah, afterwards, obviously we have the same goal and that's, you know, keeping America free and keeping us safe here, keeping everyone safe at home. So. Yeah. And then, uh, something you referenced earlier, you're talking about your culture. I mean, you guys have a legendary coach in, uh, coach Ken, uh, what's it been like playing for him your three years and like, what have you kind of learned from him that you'll take for the rest of your life? Um, I mean, that's. That's what a lot of people don't understand about like 
college football, right? Like, you know, I, I was recruited and I was like, oh, this coach seems cool and all that. And then, you know, it's not, it's not the same coach you meet in recruiting when you actually get to school. Yeah. Um, and so, but with, you know, coach, uh, coach Nehemiah, he's the guy that recruited you is the same guy you're going to get when you get here. And obviously, you know, everyone wants to win football games. Right. But that's not like his number one priority. Like he's here to help make better young men. And then obviously, and then like you saw week one, like, I mean, obviously we got, we got beat, we got kicked in the mouth against BYU and the kind of leader he is, he took all the blame on his, on his chest, you know? And I mean, we're all coached to play football. Like we could have went out there and performed better, but he took the blame, you know, cause that's the kind of leader he is. And, you know, he erred on the side of keeping us safe because he, he cares about us. He loves us and we love him because of how much he cares for us. So coach Nemont is one of the best men I've met in my entire life. Um, and just like lessons that he's taught me is just like, like I was saying, like, you know, sometimes you're going to fail in life, but it's about how you respond rather than, you know, sitting there and making excuses about it. He didn't make excuses when he suffered, we suffered the worst defeat he's ever had as a college football coach. He didn't make excuses. He took the blame and, you know, it was back to work on Wednesday or whatever it was, you know, cause we played on a Monday, but we were right back to work and preparing for Tulane. And then, I mean, it started out rough. We were down 24, nothing, but because of the lessons that we've learned from coach Neamont, we didn't give up. We kept fighting and, you know, it paid off. So. That's awesome to hear. seems like uh, he truly is a leader of men. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, like, like y'all are football, college football players. So, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't know your coach, but I, it, it's unbelievable to me, like that somebody who's, whose job depends on winning football mm-hmm. is, you know, so concerned about other aspects of our lives rather than just winning football games. And it, it means, I really think that's part of why he's so successful is because guys are so willing to play for him because um, he cares so much about us. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of going off that just, the first thing we get when we show up in preseason is our list of expectations. And I'm sure yours is a hell of a lot longer than ours, but the number one thing, and it is, it is never changes. It's just do right. Like every day when you show up, if you do the right thing, like you may not win, you may lose, but it's kind of what you have as your morals, whether it's as a football player, kind of as a man, you're going to, you're going to find your way to be successful. So it's, it's really awesome to hear it from someone who we've never met until a few minutes ago and someone who's in a completely different walk of life, but it's kind of a, a shared understanding that we have just kind of talking football and talking life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, funny you said yours was uh do right. What, what was yours? Yeah. Do right. Yeah. So ours is choose the right. Um, yeah, so. But that's, that's like our number one. I mean, it's really like the only rule that he really gives us is just choose the right, you know, obviously because we have so many rules here in, in the hall on the military side of things and, so, I mean, it's simple, you know, if you just do the right thing, everything else will take care of itself and we can focus on football. And then obviously in the triple option, there's uh, a ton of rules um, when it comes to, you know, doing things right there. So, but as far as just basic rules, choose the right as, as our number one. And, um, you know, Coach Neiman's big on that, so. Um, because, you know, you choosing – Navy, I mean, that's obviously, that must have been a pretty, you know, a big investment in terms of like the college process, I'm sure. How, how, how uh, 
early um, in the in when you're going through the recruiting process, did you think that Navy was going to be the place where you wanted to see if you could play there? Um, so actually, early on, I was you know my my high school my high school coach probably like a lot of um, coaches. You know, I mean, he told me I was going to get recruited to play uh, Division One football, and you know, I was like, okay. Um, so being going to high school down in Texas, you know, you're hoping to go play for Texas or Texas Tech, something like that, you know. So I guess I was kind of naive at the time, you know, only being 6'3". It's like, yeah, I guess what, you're not playing offensive line in the Big 12. Sorry. Because <laughs> um, you all know the recruiting process is frustrating. Um, and so I was getting frustrated with the whole thing. Like I said, at the time, I was still naive, thinking I was a Big 12 caliber football player. Um, and then I got to take an unofficial visit up here that summer going into my senior year and there was no change in my mind where I was going to school. This is absolutely where I wanted to be. Um, and it, it was just like the best fit, I think, you know, I mean, obviously at some point in life as a young man, as a kid, you realize that if you're not playing in the big 12, you're probably not going to go play in the NFL. So you kind of have to move past um, your football dreams and all that. And, realize that there's life outside of football and um, I always wanted to serve and I realized I was gonna have to get a real job rather than go play football the rest of my life get paid a lot of money to do that so um, I was like I love the Naval Academy and I would love to serve um, and so I was like that's where I want to be and um, you know some days it's tough school's hard the day-to-day -day life here is tough it's long but um, I don't think, you know, I've ever, like, truly regretted my decision of coming here. There are some days where I've definitely been very frustrated and been like, I'm an idiot for, you know, putting myself through this every single day. But, you know, I'm getting <laughs> close to the end. That light's getting brighter and brighter at the end of that tunnel, you know. And um, I'm excited to serve. Like, that. that's, you know, my biggest, my biggest goal. Um, and I'm super excited about it. Hopefully, like I said earlier, hoping to be a Marine. And uh, that'd be, you know, just the pride that's in that organization as a whole. You know, it kind of, it's like playing football just at a, for a different team, in my opinion. That's why I look forward to it so much. So hopefully I get that. And uh, that, that, was, that was how the recruiting process brought me to this point. That's awesome. I mean, from someone like you weren't originally planning on going into the to the military and then uh, for them for this to happen how it did and kind of just to hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it and what you plan to do I mean I, I don't think anybody can second guess like you're going to be successful in what you do and that you made a leap of faith in a sense to go do that and now uh, there's no change in your mind of what you're going to do you know what I mean but I mean, I, I do have to ask at the beginning, was it weird with your dad being a, an army guy? Was that a, uh, how'd you swing him on that one saying, dad, I'm going to check out. No, no, no. So, um, my dad, I, I mean, I, I always get that question. I, yeah. I, I'm sure you can imagine. I get that question a lot, but, um, no, my dad was always supportive of me. Like he didn't care, um, about the whole army Navy thing. Um, obviously it's a little bit different when you, you know, you're not necessarily a West Point grad. Um, mm -hmm. But that's what's uh, – so my dad was still in the Army when I committed and everything. Uh, he ended up getting out of the Army my plebe year, but now he still works at a Army base 
Pennsylvania. He works at an Army Museum up there. So there's a lot of like officers around there uh, at Carlisle Barracks. And um, so his desk is just, even when he was still in the Army, it was all Navy stuff like beat army and all this other stuff and so he had you know officers above him when he was in the army who were west point grads and they would come in and be like uh sergeant honaker like is everything okay you know like why is all this on your desk you know so um but no my dad's always been super supportive of it and um now he's always wearing navy stuff um you know navy hats navy shirts so um yeah he's he's all he's all on board for me and, and you know his support my mom's support you know that's that's the kind of stuff that means the most so that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. We don't want to keep you too late. We know you're going to have an early morning. You're everything we look for and the kind of people we want to bring on. Selfless offensive linemen who work hard, both on and off the field. This was unreal for us. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. All the support from you guys. I mean, obviously, um, being an offensive lineman, y'all know it's very limited. Um, so it means a lot. Very flattering. Um, and I, again, I appreciate it so much. Y'all take care. Yep. Best of luck. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yep.